What would our world be without leaders, innovators, and kingdom builders? Welcome to Under the Crown, where you get inside the twisted minds of our host, Trey Carmichael, and the kings and queens in his circle. Covering leadership, marketing, sales, recruiting, management, and so much more. Under the Crown is here to help you build your kingdom. Are you prepared for the siege? What's going on, guys? It's your man here, Trey Carmichael, coming at you with another episode of Under the Crown. Today, I'm excited to bring you guys someone I've been following for a while. He's the founder of Oh Snap and many other just phenomenal brands over the years. Uh, how's it going, John? I'm glad to have you here today. Hey, Trey, it's going incredible, brother. I, I appreciate it. I'm glad we finally get an opportunity to connect like this. Awesome, man. It's, I'm so excited to have you on again. Uh, uh, let's talk about your King's journey. Uh, who were you before you actually got into the business space? Uh, Trey, you trying to bring tears to my eyes, brother? <laughs> I was I was nobody, man. I was I was a guy uh, struggling behind on life. My first my first felony arrest. I was 15 years old. Uh, I I robbed a movie theater at gunpoint. Um, by, you know, I, of course I, I ended up being locked in a detention, juvenile detention facility by 17. I'm out, uh, at what we now call today, we call it the crack epidemic or the, the crack, you know, whatever, uh, we weren't calling it crack. We were smoking cocaine. We were freebasing cocaine. I, I ended up with a heart attack at 17 years old, but I, it just from a, a series of, of one negative experience to the next all brought on by me basically and in the environment that that i was in that was just kind of how we lived my my last felony arrest i was uh it was july 4th 1993 i was 24 years old i uh, found myself in another horrific situation sitting on the milwaukee county bullpen floor if, if you've ever had too much to drink and you're over the toilet and you're like praying to god like just let me out of this i'll never drink again that was kind of me uh, sitting in the Milwaukee County Jail on his on the floor, waiting four days to get to court, and I was praying, you know, please let me out of this. This is it. Um, unfortunately, I had to go through an entire process, but I did make a decision that particular day that yes, I was a criminal. Yes, I was a drug addict. Yes, I was a gang member. All these dip, all these loser, all these adjectives that they you know used to describe me. That's who I was, but that was no longer who I would be, and, and that's when the beginning of <laughs> the beginning of the end of that chapter and the beginning of a brand new chapter started to happen. So, um, and I, I was coming out of that situation. I went to a seminar. There was a newspaper called Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. I was like, damn, I want to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Uh, I called the number that was inside of that thing, and it led me to a meeting, which was a network marketing meeting. And that was that was where really things started to change. It was it was it was a serious turn of events because there were people like we want you to be part of this team we want and I'm like nobody wants me what do you mean it was just really weird to me um but that's that's where my my journey began when it came to you know creating um you know massive financial success it didn't happen right away unfortunately but <laughs> that was that was the beginning of the journey 
That's incredible, man. So I'd love to know how you actually were able to transform the mindset from I'm a criminal, I do all these things and hearing everything that I imagine everyone was saying to you to leaning into business and building up the confidence that you hold today. Yeah, man, I, I wish I could say it was a it was an easy, fast thing. Um, it, it, it wasn't, it was, it was painful and it was slow. Um, I, people were, people talk so much, man, they, it was so much negativity. Like you would think that when someone goes from where I was and, and I made this decision, I was going to do something better. I was going to become better. You would think people would be like excited, especially people that were closest to me. And it was the people that were closest to me that talked the most shit. They, you know, Thanksgiving dinners were like, you know, I was a laughing stock or are you rich yet? type type stuff and i'd be like are you rich yet you're still been in that you've been in that cubicle 15 years and, and haven't advanced um but but what really shifted for me what what made what, i guess the biggest thing that made um the difference for me what it was the books i was reading it was the seminars i was attending and it was the people I was associating with mainly mentors at that point because I didn't have a lot of great associations I had to cut out all of all of my associates, including most of my family members, in order for me to stay on point in my journey. So I had to, I had to completely limit myself. People that I would spend, you know, days with, I couldn't spend hours with anymore. And but it, it, personal develop, I became a personal development devouring machine. Man, I was, you know, I was reading everything I could get my hands on. I was studying everything that I could get my hands. Anyone that was successful, I wanted to read their biography. Anybody, any, anytime I heard there was someone successful coming in within, you know, hours of drive from me, I would hop in that beat up Pontiac 2000, two tone, one tone rust, one tone dirt. And I would sleep in that car. I'd wash up in public facilities. I was just really, really hungry, man. I did not want to live that life anymore. And I was willing to do whatever it took to get the information. Cause I was always like, look, if another man could do it, another woman could do it, then John Malak could do it. I just had to figure out where was this information hidden? And I thought it was all secretive. I thought like, you know, these rich people had some secrets and they weren't sharing them. And I found out pretty quickly that they were sharing all of the secrets. I just had to have the tenacity and the consistency and the gall to just go and get it and, and listen and observe and take it all in and then, and then you know, act on it. And, and that's what happened, man. I just blocked out all the, I was so used to negative. Yeah, I come from an environment of just negative, 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 people talking crazy all the time. So uh, when I got in business and people were talking crazy, you know, it just, it was just part of the deal, man. I was like, all right, that's all right. That, that's you, you know, see me in five years. Cause that's what my mentor, Jim Rohn said. He said, look, you can do a complete 180 in five years. Your life can be completely different than it is today. And I believed it. And I wrote a book one time with uh, Les Brown, the motivational speaker later on called The Power of One. But Les used to say, jump and the net will appear. And man, I, I jumped and I bounced off the pavement like 15 times before that damn net ever showed up. But my mind was expanding. My mind was expanding and it could never go back to the original dimensions. Once I had a, another piece, another piece, another piece, that picture, that puzzle that I was putting together was coming together. I was getting the corners in. I started putting little pieces together. And, and, and at, at, you know, at one point, you know, the money started to come in, you know, I had to get better first. And then, then from there, the money started to come in. And then that's when everybody thought, 
you know, that's when everybody was high-fiving me. Like I knew you could do it. I'm like, you, you did not believe <laughs> in what I was doing until people saw the results, until they saw the neighborhood change and the cars change and all that type of stuff. And the lifestyle, of course, changed. But it was not easy, bro. That's amazing, man. So one thing that I do want to lean just a little bit more into is you said that you actually had to cut everybody off. And about six years ago, I was addicted to drugs and I had to do the exact same thing. And that was one of the most pivotal moments towards actually becoming who I am today. So if you could offer advice to somebody who's at that place where, you know, they decided they're making the change, they just cut everybody off. What are the first things you tell them to do to start make, like just rebuilding a new circle around them? Yeah, man, you, you have to, you don't, you, you do not, you do not have a choice. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. So my drug of choice was cocaine and, and I, and I smoked cocaine crack. Um, I was clean. I had the most clarity I ever had in my entire life. Nine months, nothing. I got back with my same friends. And, and of course, you know, my good friends were like, John, there's other ways to do cocaine, you don't have to smoke it. You know, of course you can snort it. And, you know, these are, these are great. You know, these are my friends, these are my buddies. And, and you know, this just shows you that, that I had terrible associations. And of course I got right back on it and it wasn't long. I was right back in the same place I was. And, and, and so what I had to do, I had to physically separate myself from these people. Mm. Um, like I couldn't be in proximity, you know, proximity, they say proximity is power. I was losing my power because of the people that were around me were sucking it away. They were sucking the energy from me. So number one, you have to physically limit your, your time with, with these people that have your problems and not your solutions. And that, and that, that, that was the number one most important thing for me. I, I physically separated myself for about a year, which wasn't easy. It meant I didn't go to the parties. It means I wasn't socializing the way I wasn't having the fun that, you know, the fun that I used to have, um, that was the first thing. And, and I didn't, I, I didn't take their calls. I, I, I just couldn't because I had to protect my energy. I had to protect my mind. I had to protect where I was going. And I had some big goals, man. And they were not part of those goals. They were never going to be part of those goals. So first step, physically remove myself from these people, from that equation. And, and that in and of itself, because I replaced that time and that energy. I did it with books, man. I did it with the time I would spend hanging out, I started dedicating to personal development, to reading. So first, physically separate yourself. Second, figure out what you're going to replace that time with. And for me, that was about personal. And back then, we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have, we didn't have social media. Now, there's so many ways to distract yourself in a positive way. If you don't get stuck in the scroll hole and watching all the nonsense, then you really get intentional about getting things that are going to feed the mind. And that's that was my whole deal. Let's I needed to transform my mind, which then transformed my body, which then transformed my bank account. And that became my battle cry, you know, for, for, for the last 20 some years. I love that, man. And I'm very glad that we're able to lean into that because that's one of the very hard things that it really does take to become an entrepreneur and to become successful. The if you're in a position where you have to change the people who got you into that environment and the people who have been for you, been there for you in that environment are likely not the same people who are going to be there when you get to that next level that you want to get to. And it's hard to accept, but it's something that as entrepreneurs, we, we really have to, we really have to. So 
Uh, next thing I want to lean into, man, is what you've got going on now. You've been building a beautiful thing with OSNAP. You're bringing people together. You're helping them build up their minds, bodies, and bank accounts. And quite frankly, you're building an incredible brand with it that uh, something that I've seen with your people is everybody has this extreme level of what I call happy obligation to continue selling y'all's products. So what's the story behind OSNAP and how did that come to be, man? Well, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna reverse engineer the question. So what we're building is a, a ridiculous community and culture. First and foremost, for me, there's gotta be it's gotta be again. It goes back to the association. I, I've always known get the right people around you, create this family environment, pour into people. If I make ten million dollars, my people make one hundred million dollars. It's always the way my model is because usually it's the opposite. The CEO is making the most money and then it trickles down from there. We kind of flipped that upside down a little bit. But the whole thing started because I had a major health challenge about uh, 12, 13 years ago. So I, about 12, 13 years ago, I was 40 years old. I had a major, like I'm making arrangements. Like this is how bad it was. We couldn't figure out what the heck was wrong with me. But I, at that time, I also owned a nightclub. I had a restaurant. I was I was living this lifestyle that was not conducive to health by any means. I was overeating, over drinking, not sleeping. And I was just, I was a charging entrepreneur, but it was it literally, literally was taking my life. So I go to a doctor, doctor does what doctors do. They, they, they asked me a bunch of questions about my family history. Then they, then he proceeded to blame my dad and my grandfather for, <laughs> for my health problem, which is what our traditional medical system does very well. We, we, we blame it on someone else. And then they prescribe me some pharmaceutical drugs, which the, the the curse was they didn't work. The blessing was they didn't work. I got worse. I had a friend say, hey, go see a naturopath. I didn't know what the hell a naturopath was. And I go see this naturopath. She does, does something completely different. Asked me a lot of questions, but this time she blamed me. She said, it's your stress. It's the way you, you eat. It's what it, it, everything you're doing is leading to your demise. And you're slowly been, you slowly have been killing yourself with the dollar menu and the sugar and the consumption of all this processed food and the chemicals in your energy drinks and your coffee and all this crap. And she forced me, she held the mirror up to my face. And here's what was crazy. The, the pharmaceutical drugs I was on for 60 days were crazy expensive. And I didn't have health insurance at that time. So it was crazy expensive. She prescribes me like vitamin D, zinc, saw palmetto, watermelon pumpkin seeds i mean it was it was inexpensive to them it was insane and within 60 days of this regimen i'm a new man i was sold i said oh man people should know that there's a better way there's a better way and now that i'm in my 50s i have more energy more stamina more youth more vibrance more strength than i had when i was in my 30s man i'm i i feel like i'm i'm aging backwards because there there really is a secret to you it's it's stop consuming all these publicly traded companies, chemicals and garbage that is designed to make profits because they're, and it's not, I'm not knocking them because their obligation is, McDonald's has an obligation to me as a shareholder, as an owner of McDonald's, their first and foremost obligation is to me to produce a return on my investment. It, it's, it, so you can't blame McDonald's for doing what, they, what they're supposed to do. You can't blame Pfizer or Tyson or Monsanto or Burger King or Kellogg's or Starbucks for doing what they're supposed to do, what they're required by law to do. So I said, I'm going to create a company 
that that is not about necessarily about sales and marketing. It's about educating a marketplace that has been programmed and conditioned to kill themselves with every sip, with every meal, with everything they're doing on a regular basis. And they do it willingly. You know, they're, 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 they're programmed in case they didn't even realize they're doing it and they continue to do it. So that's how Oh Snap began was like, look, I'm going to do it for myself first. Uh, because I want to live long. I have four daughters, man. I want to be around for, for weddings. I want to be around for, for stuff. I want to live long, but I don't want to just live long. I want to live right. I want to, I want to live with power. I want to live with passion. I don't want to have tens and tens of millions of dollars and then die and it gets passed on to the next generation that burns it up or, 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 or goes on the same path. So does that make sense? You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm following you. So that that was that was that was how the the whole thing began. But I also didn't want another what we call Me Too product. Like you know, everyone's got like Me Too. You got this. Well, Me Too. And there's so much of that out there today. I wanted something that stood out, that was cutting edge, it was relevant, it was sexy, it was cool, um, something that worked. Imagine that. Like imagine having a product that actually freaking works. Uh, so I took a, I took over almost a year just in formulations and you know, vegan, sugar-free, dairy-free, chemical-free, gluten-free, all these things. And it's very difficult to make a highly absorbable liquid product taste good when you're, you're trying to make it healthy. It's like broccoli doesn't taste that good, but there's some benefits for eating broccoli. But people mm -hmm. stop eating broccoli after they, you know, had sugar in their diets. But we're all so addicted to artificial sweeteners and, and sugars and, and chemicals that are addictive and, and not good for us. And we, and we just stay in that vein and we refuse to do anything healthy for ourselves. So we've been really formulating products that, you know, you, you take the snap bag, you take a shot of that bad boy and mm -hmm. you're moving the needle in your health with every shot rather than damaging it. I love that, man. And I really do love how much time and energy that you guys put into the formulation and making sure that the manufacturing of the product was tight. So that's one of the topics that I do want to ask you about. Uh, what are some of the key lessons that you've had uh, leaning into the man in leaning in the manufacturing and getting all of that tight? <laughs> Number one is formulators and manufacturing. <laughs> they're always they want to lean towards inexpensive and they also want to do what they believe the consumer is asking for. In, in other words, gummies are a great example you're absorbing probably less than 20% of that. But people buy gummies, why? Because there's four grams of sugar or six grams of sucralose <laughs> that makes it taste good. And then you get that mouth feel from like the, it's almost like the fat, it, it's, it's a feeling, it's a flavor that you're getting, but it's more of a placebo. You know, you're, you're really not getting what you're paying for. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, we put kids on melatonin sleepy time gummies. Well, you're, when, you, when they're taking four or five grams of sugar before they go to bed, it's not, it's not going to help them sleep by any means, but the kids will start begging their parents for it again and again because they like the taste. They like sugar. They're addicted to it. Their brain is firing and they're, they're getting a feeling from it. Um, so I learned right away that I had to argue with formulators about, look, um, I'm not going to put sugar in it. I'm not going to even add a gram of sugar because we are already over consuming sugar. It's in our frozen pizza. It's in our can of baked beans. It's in our peanut butter. It's in our jelly. It's in every aisle in the grocery store and every product we consume, we add extra sugar to it. Why would I do that with a nutrition product? But yet nutrition companies, they caught on. Again, gummies are uh, done, have done it, powder pre-workouts. They, they'll say zero sugar and they load it up with sucralose because you know you get that taste that everybody wants, but it's damaging your gut. Um, mm. 
you follow me, but people aren't mm-hmm. thinking about this. They don't even think about like coffee, for example, is is one of the, the most consumed beverages on the planet, yet it's the most tampered with processed beverage, period. Fungicides, because 80% of it is comes here moldy. We spray it with all kinds of hex, all these different chemicals. It's insane. Herbicides, pesticides. It's the most sprayed product on the planet because it's the most genetically modified product because we figured out clear the rainforest, clear the rainforest to make big fields and then grow it in the sun. Mm-hmm. Coffee was never supposed to be grown in the sun. And so then now the natural, the natural protectors of it, the lizards, the spiders that would eat the, the, the insects that would try to destroy it, they're no longer there. So you have to over chemicalize this stuff. And so what does that mean? And again, I, I apologize for going a little long on this, but you, you just struck a nerve with me. Uh, what does that mean? So if you sip a cup of coffee today, not a big deal. But if you do it for a week, I don't know what that means. Do it for a month, do it for a year. Some people have been sipping coffee for a decade, two decades, and yet our cancer numbers have not gone down. Um, these crazy diseases that are popping up like crazy continue to plague us. Childhood obesity and diabetes and all these things are at all-time record highs. Aut- autism, all-time record highs. And I would argue that 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 a lot of this is coming from the chemicals. It's it, you know, forget about the sugar and the caffeine, all that for a second. It's it's all these chemicals that we are processing, over-processing our food with. And we just blindly eat it, you know, grab another pack of Cheez-Its and, you know, sip your coffee and over a period of time, it, it, it will damage your health to the point where you will die prematurely. <laughs> I, I don't know any other way to say it. So, so what's your thoughts on what we call breakfast and feed the kids then? Oh. <laughs> I, it's funny. Cause I told my dad, I, I was joking with my dad not too long ago. I said, look, you know, the reason I didn't graduate high school and the reason I was in so much trouble as a kid is I woke up in the morning and you fed me Lucky Charms, Cocoa Puffs. That wasn't breakfast. That was, I was on a sugar high, like cocaine, because the same thing's happening in, in your brain when you consume sugar that happens when you consume cocaine. I was already, I was already high energy, mm. I was already ADD to the max. Now you hype me up on some extra sugar. What do you think I'm gonna do when I go to school? I'm gonna have way too much energy. I can't sit in class, I'm gonna act up. So I got labeled as a failure, loser, and everything else because I was I was hopped up on. And once I got to once I got to school, my, we were hustling now and later's and candy out on the playground. And yeah, it was it was just a cycle that was just just bad. I I, I think it's 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 horrific. Mm, man, I, we could probably do a whole hour just talking about that. Man, we but could. I, I do want to lean into a couple other topics so I don't take too much of your time here. Uh, one of the things that I've seen about you for a very long time is you are one of the most energetic and powerful speakers that I've seen. I had in Dallas and the energy there was uh, unmatched compared to anywhere else that I've been. So if you could offer some speaking tips to somebody, like what would they be? Number one is stop calling yourself a speaker. Like people call me a motivation, motivational speaker. And I'm not offended, but I, I I do correct them. I said, look, I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm an entrepreneur that speaks. So first and foremost, when I hit the stage, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you shit that I actually do. I'm not on that stage to to make you feel good or me feel good. Nobody really gives a crap about my story, and nobody cares about your story. You know, you think like if people call me all the time, John, I want to 
I want to speak on these big stages. And I ask them why. Well, I got a story that people, people, no, they don't care about your story. They don't want to hear your story because everybody's got a sad story. Everybody's got some, you know, messed up thing in their life. So, so that's not going to be enough. It's what value are you going to bring? How are you going to move the needle? When that person, whether you got five minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever your time is on stage, what are you going to bring that's actually going to stick with them? That's going to bring them value, something that that's going to be useful, something that they're going to remember. You know, that's the key because there's everybody in their grandmother today is a life coach, motivational speaker. Uh, I mean, it just goes on and on and on because it's easy to do. Girls go to Miami, get their butts done. Next thing you know, they're a personal trainer. We're, we're always <laughs> we're always trying to find the like the the path of least resistance. So I see a lot of people going about the speaking thing all wrong because they hear the stories. You know, I, I get, you know, upwards of 25, 30 grand for an hour on a stage. Not 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 because of anything other than when when we go into an environment we move the crowd if you want if you want things to happen you got to bring the right people and put them in front of your people and then i go up there with no with nothing selfish you you, you will if i if, of course if i'm speaking for someone else i will never i'm never there to sell myself or anything else i'm there to to provide value for whatever you know that community needs or they've been asking for so, you know, you, you, again, it's, it's always about reverse engineering. I see speakers get on stage and I'm like, they clearly don't know who their audience is. They clearly didn't do any because their own egos have them believing that they're great, that they should, that they somehow are owed the stage and that they're going to wow everybody by their stage presence, but forgot to figure out how, who they're from. I remember being in, in, in uh, South Korea <laughs> uh, and, and when I'm doing a 30 minute talk in South Korea, there was 30,000 people in this auditorium. Um, but a 30 minute talk is, is actually one hour because of translation. But I, I, I did my homework beforehand because the first time I ever spoke in South Korea, I, I threw a couple jokes out there and nobody ever laughed because they didn't translate well. So I realized very early on when I go into Dominican Republic, I go into, you know, Japan or South Korea or even Australia, I have to understand the culture i got i had to get more engaged in in who they were in order for me to deliver something that would be impactful for them but again most speakers their egos are too big to ever take the time to figure out who their audience is what makes them tick how do how do the different cultures you know work things like that i hope i hope that answered your question man. That, that definitely answered my question man so how do you take care of what's under your crown so you can keep living your best life and balance everything you have going on? Um, right out the gate, I take my products. I, I live, eat, and breathe what I tell people. You know, I just, I just got back from the gym. Um, that's why my background, you, you're, you're, you're getting a fake background because I was scrambling to just get on the thing for you. Um, I, I take care. I have my priorities straight. Number one, my, my faith. Faith is number one for me. Number one, I have my faith and it doesn't matter what it is because people wage wars over their faith. People are fanatical over their faith. People destroy relationships over their faith. I don't believe in any of that. Whatever your faith is, I respect that. I embrace that. I love people with faith because people with faith, they tend to build. People with fear tend to tear down. So I have my faith first and my wife and I stay in that lane. Then it's our health and our wellness is, is number two priority. So our priorities are always straight. Money is not my number one priority. Matter of fact, the, the further um, I put money out of my priority, the more money that came to me. It, it's like, <laughs> Trey, have you ever, have you ever, do you like cats? Let me ask you a quick question. Do you like cats? I've grown to like them. 
Hey, you've grown to like them. At one point, you didn't like cats, right? I thought they were the devil. <laughs> Me too. So here's the thing. Like, if you don't like cats and you go to your friend's house and they have a cat, you're there to maybe watch the, the, the football game. Inevitably, that little nasty thing will end up right on your lap. Like, I don't even like you. And the thing is on your lap. But kids, kids love cats. When kids see a cat, like my daughter, she sees a cat, she'll go run after the cat. She'll catch, shove that thing upside down, screaming, trying to get away from her because she's on it and she wants to be with that cat, but the cat wants nothing to do with her. Yeah. It, it's the same with, with, with this type of stuff. The, you have to focus on what you want. Like I have goals around money. I have all these things, but I'm not, I'm not like a desperate kid trying to catch a cat when it comes to stuff. And I see so many people trying to force things. That's why they go from deal to deal to deal to deal. They never get any traction because they're so freaking uptight about this thing that they think that they have to have. Me, I, I know that if I stay on point with my faith, with my health and my family, and I'm taking care of those things, that the money, because it is a goal, it's going to come. And then I don't have to jump from deal to deal because I'm, I'm out here desperate. I find one thing, I, I laser focus my energy in until I get it done. Until that thing is done, I'll just keep going consistently every single day, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, sometimes a little bit more, but, but consistently, relentlessly. And, and, you know, that's how, that's how I achieve all my goals, whether it's health, you know, wealth, um, physical, social, you know, I, I, I've met some incredible people because they were on my goal list and I didn't try to force those relationships. Eventually the universe opened them up for me because I was worthy of them. Awesome, man. That's powerful. So I've got one more question for you, and then I'm going to find out how everyone can get involved with you. Right. If you if you had a message or something that you would like to leave for anybody who might be trying to get sober, take that next step in their life, et cetera, what would that be? Relax. Um, <laughs> relax. I, I mean, I, I don't know, at least for me, I, I'm, I'm pretty high, high, strong, high energy. Um, and I get in my head a lot and I just had, I had to calm down a little bit. I, you, you hear all this talk now about self, self-love and all this stuff. And I don't know if, you know, I think people are overdoing it with self-love. I think if you're pampering yourself every damn day, you're just getting soft mm -hmm. and, you're getting comfortable. and then when you get too comfortable, you, you, you're in decline. It's as simple as that. So but I, I would say, like, if you're in your head, like I am, and like, I think a lot of people that have been on drugs, um, and we don't think we're worthy, you know, the, the, the world has told us we ain't shit, the world has told us we're losers, you know, what I mean, all this stuff. And we, we, I used to carry that, man, I used to carry it around in my head, and I would keep thinking on it, and, and just creating stress. And then I, then it, that led to doubt, and doubt kills action. And the only thing to stop that is then action kills doubt. So, but most people just stay in this, this constant doubt thing because of what someone else said, because they're in their heads, they can't get it out of their heads and they keep replaying. Here's what it's like. Here's what it was like for me. I, it was like, I was eating a junk food diet all day, every meal, every snack, everything in my mind, what I was telling myself, what I was feeding my mind and how, and I was just, I was just constantly beating myself up and negative. And most of it came from stuff that didn't even matter. You know, you know how many times I get on stage and tell people I had a heart attack from smoking cocaine. I was a drug addict. I was a drug addict, criminal loser. I learned 
the, the, the things you cannot defend promote. Don't try to hide it. Don't let it stay in your brain until you explode and you're all messed up. Put it out there. Let people know. They're going to find out anyhow. They're going to Google you anyhow. So when people come up to me and say something, like, yeah, yeah, I already put that out there. You can go Google that right now. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, I know I'm a loser. I, I already put that out there. Or, or that's who I was. That's not who I am anymore. And you can still dwell on that if you want. But I'm already way past that. Now, if you get past that, maybe we can work together and I can help you make some money. Or I can help you change your life. Or I can help you change your health. But you got to get past that because I'm already past it. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense, man. Trey, I love, you know, by the way, I love that you're doing this kind of stuff, man, because there, there needs to be more of this type of thing directed towards because i believe drug addicts um some of the some of the the the, the, the sharpest smartest um people i've met were drug addicts were criminals mm -hmm. they just they didn't have a, the right outlet they didn't get the right information and that energy had to go somewhere and sometimes the path of re least resistance or the only path we know tends to to be a negative path at least it was for me so having stuff like this and getting information saying look you can do it doesn't matter what the hell they say about you what they believe les brown used to say what you believe about me is none of my spiritual business and you just know who the hell you are and and by the way if you've ever if you if you've ever been on drugs if you've ever been labeled or if you've ever had some major challenges like that you already have an advantage in business over most business people because i would bet that you have a six sense because i can teach anybody business skills but i can't teach anybody or everybody that sixth sense like you know when you're being bamboozled you got an energy about you because i had to watch my back all the time in the hood i had to watch my back all the time when i was buying drugs doing drugs hanging with drug addicts and drug dealers i was constantly hyper aware of what was happening around me and people were constantly trying to get over on me that ended up that sixth sense that was developed because of that, it became a massive advantage for me when mm. it came to business. Anyways, that, <laughs> that it's a lot, but I think it's I think it's worth repeating. Yeah, and I think it's a fascinating too, man. And I love that you I love that you say that. And I mean, I think it's it's more than just those instincts and that sense that you bring from it. I mean, a few years ago, I was cleaning out my old space and I found a piece of paper. And it was literally the standard operating procedure of everything that would happen every time I bring on, you know, somebody under me to sell drugs. It was wow. basically the affiliate. It was basically the affiliate SOP. And to this day, like the affiliate system is really not that different. The way that the way that I have to the, the things that I have to do to go source a product, et cetera, are not that different. And I've been finding that to be a very recurring conversation is that a lot of those skills that people develop when they're addicted to drugs, when they're dealing drugs, they can actually carry out and really be very successful in business even out the gate because they're, they're already doing it. They're making money. They just need to put the energy towards something else. Bro, I, I love that because that, that is so on point. It, it just it just like I, we we have these snap packs so it's a, a you know a complete new category of delivering nutrition super convenient simple it's a productivity hack it's fast but i tell everyone it's like every drug every great drug dealer knows you don't keep giving them you give it to them once <laughs> they get hooked 
and then they have to buy the next one. So don't keep coming yeah. back. To me. I know you like the way it feels, but you don't keep coming back. To me. I keep keeping you free. At some point, you got to go to the website and buy the shit yourself. Does that make sense? I I learned that from from the drug game. You know, even though I was on the wrong side of it most of the time, but yeah, uh, yeah, I I love that. That's it's such a great point, Trey. And if people if people caught what you just said, that right there was worth being on this this podcast alone. Awesome, man. So what is the best way for people to get involved with you and see more of you? You know, probably the best way is if you're on Instagram. Um, I, I now handle all of my own social media. I used to have people doing it and it just, it's not authentic. It's not, you know, everybody's on there. And I don't like, I have a lot of friends that are, that are big, big names. And, and I know it's not them responding in their DMs and things like that. And it, it's kind of, it, I don't like it. I kind of, it's kind of weird, but for me, it's, it's John, J-O-H-N dot Malot, M-A-L-O-T-T. -T. And make sure you get the, cause there's so many fake accounts I'm finding out there. They play with the spelling a little bit, but I, it does mm -hmm. have that blue check thing on Instagram. So you'll know that's me, John dot Malot. And you can DM me there. Uh, I'm also on Facebook, uh, Twitter, all, all of the, you know, uh, TikTok, <laughs> all of them. Um, but Instagram is probably most likely where I, I can hit you back. Uh, I try to within 48 hours, try to hit everybody back there. And then old snap, um, dot com forward slash Malot, M-A-L-O-T-T. -T. You can also go there. There's a place you can reach out to me there and you can check out our company and our product. But um, yeah, man, I just, I, I, I wish the best to you, Trey, and to your audience, anyone that's tuned in today, anyone that's in, in recovery and in, in making moves, man, you, you have so much importance to be the example for a whole lot of lost people, whole lot of people lost and more getting lost every single day because they don't have good mentors. They don't have good guides. Man. So I just want to take just a quick second to just thank you for your time. I mean, it's very, this interview is really a very full circle thing that we're able to come on here and you know, talk about what a lot of these people need to recover. Cause when I was recovering it, one of the biggest things I struggled with was looking for people like me, like who's successful. That's like me. And you were one of the people that I fixated on at that time. So you helped me get out of that space. So now we're able to come together and do this and hopefully help some more people get out of that space. So just thank you so much for your time today, brother. Great. Appreciate it, bro. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for tuning in for another episode. Make sure that you subscribe to the show so you're never left out in the snow. Do you want to build a business or get more customers online? Are you tired of spending all your time shackled to your business? Tired of being treated like the court jester? Not anymore. You can get a care package from Trey today for just a buck that will help you beat shiny object syndrome with Trey's favorite tool list. Build your online authority and network with your own podcast and by being interviewed on other podcasts. Systemize your business with Trey's seven pillar system. Hire a VA to get your time back and so much more. You heard me right. All of that for less than the last Starbucks you got. Go to TreyCarmichael.us and get yours while it's hot. Check the couch for that dollar if you gotta.